Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Episode of the Ocho presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Matt your humble host on the Ocho. It is Thursday, the third day, January 11th, 2024. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and um, you're excited and that you're terrified. I don't hope you're terrified, but I understand that you're probably terrified. Um, it's a Thursday in January, which means the Dallas Cowboys are going to be playing a big-time football game this week. The biggest one. The biggest one possible because it's the next one, and it's one without any others promised behind it. Cowboys, of course, hosting the Green Bay Packers on Sunday afternoon at AT&T Stadium, a building where they have won 16 straight games in a row. We obviously hope that they make it number 17. They will have to overcome, in all likelihood, the mighty glare of the sun through the windows of AT&T Stadium. Um you know, a long time ago, um, I think it might have been 2017, um, I was at the game, covering the game uh, for my buddies in San Antonio, Cowboys Packers, if it isn't obvious, and I tweeted, um, I, I guess I could have looked this up, but I didn't, so apologies when exactly it was, but I tweeted Cowboys and Packers on a Sunday afternoon, and I entered a space and said, hard to beat, and I I still feel that way. I mean, the Packers have never lost in the building. I don't know if you realize that. I hadn't quite until I spoke to today's guest. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but this is the way it's supposed to be, you know, and I'm I'm definitely afraid of the Packers and, and properly respect them. Um, but it's supposed to feel this way. It's supposed to be terrifying. It's supposed to be nauseating. It's supposed to be exhilarating. And it's supposed to be uplifting and encouraging and, you know, all sorts of ing. I mean, it's 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 the biggest thing possible, right? That's that's what it is. I mean, you wait an entire year to get to this tournament, and then you hope to be, you know, flawless enough to be able to make your way through it all the way to the very end. Um, and sometimes that's still not enough, right? That's the magic and the peril of sports. Um, and that it's the Cowboys and the Packers and the Mike McCarthy of it all. I mean, I'm just, I mean, it's, this is an incredible movie that I can't wait to, to watch unfold. And I obviously hope the Cowboys are on the right side of things. Um, I'm really excited and again, nervous. Um, it's, it's just the way things go. And I, I wouldn't change that if I could. Um, so, um, it's going to be fun. I, I, at the very least feel very, very confident in that. Um, and I feel like that's a sentiment 
that our guest today shares. Um, we're going to get to that here in a moment. The, the guest is Justice Mosqueda. Uh, in case you are unaware, we've had Justice on the show before. He is the me at SB Nation for our Green Bay Packers site. Our Green Bay Packers site, which you should be checking out this week, Acme Packing Company. Justice runs that place. Uh, he does a wonderful job. He's a great friend of mine. He's one of the smartest people I know um, throughout the game and sport and just network of football. Um, so I always enjoy talking to him, but obviously had to talk to him this particular week. Uh, he's on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. Um, like I said, he's been here before. If you want to watch our conversation, you can do so on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. But um, it was it was fun. It was kind of cathartic to have the conversation that we had. And um, we've got some kind of coaching things to tidy up a little bit here. But um, I think it's time to go ahead and get to that conversation. I've hyped it up enough. So uh, let's go ahead and do that from Acme Packing Company, SB Nation's home for Green Bay Packers content. Justice Mosqueda joins us next right here on The Ocho. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Very pleased now to be joined by the one and only, the legendary, the incomparable, the supremely handsome, the internationally famous, the biggest Washington Huskies fan that I know from Acme Packing Company. It is Justice Mosqueda. Justice, sorry about Monday night, man. I know it didn't go your way. Yeah, right. America's team. Don't do that. Don't be the uh, like, you know, I saw a thing about um, I think it was someone on Reddit. It was like, are the Buffalo Bills the new America's team? Why? Why do people do this? Why? I I just love that Jim Harbaugh bullied all the nerds about the sign stealing stuff. And then <laughs> uh, he's going to win, have no consequences, leave. And there's nothing you can do about it. Are you a, a How I Met Your Mother fan? I've seen some episodes, but have you seen uh, the episode uh, The Blitz, where they like they pass like a curse on to one another? Um, that that happened um, with Jim Harbaugh and Pete Carroll. It's like Pete Carroll retires as Jim Harbaugh re-enters. It's like, oh, I have to leave, uh, you know, college football because scandal is following me. I'll just go back to the NFL. You know, everything remains perfectly balanced in the world. Um, while I have you on the subject of college football, who is your favorite Oregon Duck of all time? Dennis Dixon and then probably Marcus Mariota or DeAnthony Thomas. I ask that because it bothers me greatly when people act like Justin Herbert saying Joey Harrington is like a cool answer. It, it That is one of the things that annoys me the most in the world. I've seen that on so many pregame shows. Like, man, this guy's so unique. His favorite 
you know, athlete ever, Joey Harrington. I wonder why that is super difficult to understand for somebody of his age who grew up exactly where he grew up, who went to the school that he went to. What a weird thing for him to like yeah, Joey Harrington across the street. I know, <laughs> but that part doesn't get said. Like people act like, oh, it's like like he's purposely picking, you know, this random player for obscure reasons because he's a hipster or something. It's dumb. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really all I wanted to talk to you about today. Uh, but I guess we have to talk about <laughs> all right. Like, oh, See uh justice runs acme packing company uh sb nation's green bay packers website he's been on the show before uh and obviously justice the dallas cowboys are hosting the green bay packers in the wild card round of the playoffs on sunday uh i'll be straight up with you and tell you this was the draw that i wanted for the cowboys i'm a little bit afraid of the rams if i'm being honest with you so i guess that's a good place to start should people be afraid of the packers in their current iteration um well i mean I'm sure you guys have seen all the stats. We're pretty loud about the fact that uh, we think we found another quarterback. Um, second half of the season, Jordan Love's numbers are very good. But at the same time, I mean, we've had these conversations at APC for a while, too, where we're like, if, if we get in the playoffs, who do you guys want to see? And um, I wanted this game because of the narrative of just, you know, okay. we get McCarthy and McCarthy versus the Packers. And then also that means, you know, Goff versus – uh, the Rams, right? right. And I just think, you know, if we're going down narrative street. I think that's, that's fun for the league. Um, but as far as like matchups for the Packers, I also think this is a bad matchup for the Packers. Like I'd rather see on the field, I'd rather see the lions, right. Or, um, you know, potentially the, the Eagles was, was another possibility, uh, you know, based off of how they played the second half of the season. And I kind of think, they're a little bit paper tigers first half of the season. Um, if you just look at, you know, how, how well that offense and defense is actually played on paper. And then the results of the game, you're like, wait, this team is like, you know, this team was in the one seed spot for a while. Like how, how did that really happen? Um, so, yeah, I think, I think there are ways that Dallas can give the Packers issues. I'm still not fully confident in the Packers defense. Um, one of the biggest issues for the Packers defense is when offenses spread them out, um, they don't have very many answers because they because they want to stay in that that too high uh, world, right? So if you're doing the math, right, uh, you go empty. Um, Packers defensive line, let's say there's four guys on the line of scrimmage. There's two guys high. That's six, right? So if you're going to be a hat on a hat, that takes up all the rest of your players. Um, mm -hmm. The Packers don't play a whole lot of man coverage, so you're not going to get a whole lot of matchup-based alignment. So if someone's in the slot and it's a C.D. Lamb, right, and he has a two-way go against one of the Packers inside linebackers, um, he's probably going to win that matchup. And we've <laughs> seen that, you know, time and time again. Um, you know, Preston Smith lined up in the slot against Devontae Adams. Um, Tampa Bay. Whoop. That's Devontae saying, "Quit adding me." Yeah, oh, that, that might be that might be Dennis uh, Dixon. Yeah, that was that was Dennis. <laughs> um, yeah, Preston Smith. So Preston Smith lining up against Devontae Adams in the slot. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Um, I think right. really kind of exposed them when you know they're able to move around Godwin and stuff like that. Um, even the Bears game this past this past week. You had the one DJ Moore play where you know he's he's running a, a drag basically, 
and Koi Walker's just step behind um, matching it, and it ends up going for an explosive play. And that, that's really not something Chicago did. Um, but the fact that, you know, this stuff is consistently on film, we know Dallas is going to want to put CD in the slot, right? Um, we know they're going to want to be in the gun and let, you know, Dak kind of pick apart the defense. Um, I, I don't love the matchup for the Packers from that perspective. You said a lot that I really liked. And for all of our listeners and viewers, uh, Justice, we've talked about this before. You phonetically pronounce your Twitter handle, Jumosk. Um, so J-U-M-O-S-Q. Uh, so everyone can can check you out over on Twitter or if you're one of the people who officially calls it X, that's up to you. Um, and Justice has been a DAC believer from day one. Um, that's one right. of the yeah one of the the impartial objective people who I, I i will have his back on this um even in the middle of last year um you know throughout the 2022 season justice was was very firm and yeah dax better dax better dax better than hurts better than hurts better than hurts cowboys are better than the eagles whatever so you're well on record so i imagine that would you know kind of lend to you feeling a little bit you know some sense of trepidation about this game on the field as you mentioned you mentioned the narrative of it all and narrative lane is it mccarthy way is that the name of the road is it way or I believe lane? So. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know what the suffix was. Um, I thought it was interesting. He said already this week that he put a little bit too much into that during the matchup at Lambeau Field last year. And you and I talked about that and how he, he kind of realized. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't fault him for that. Like, he's human. It's, and I think it would be a thing no matter what, but relative to the two teams, like, you know, McCarthy's a unique person and that he's coached the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. Like, that doesn't exist um and the history that they've had and the history that he's been a part of with the teams and again you know the Packers are such a special and unique organization um I feel like so a lot of people this season have really bagged on McCarthy for oh man yeah they're doing great but it took until Dak and CD were like hey use us differently after the Niners loss for him to kind of wake things up and I feel like he doesn't get credit for being humble about that like I, I mean even being willing to acknowledge that he went about the game at Lambeau Field a little bit incorrectly perhaps like he does strike me as someone who I mean look uh, humility is a great quality in leaders and and he seems to have that these days yeah and the other thing too is like I don't know what do we do with the whole Kellen Moore thing right <laughs> at this point like what's was he right? Like, or he was right. Like, I mean, the data right now supports the McCarthy was right. Like he called his shot and he's executed it. I mean, Kellen Moore, everyone, you know, head over heels in media, everyone's saying like, he's going to be the next head coach. He's going to be the next head coach. And there's jobs open right now. The only place that he's gotten an interview for, I think right. was the, the chargers, which is, you know, the team that he's already been a part of. And I don't think he's going to end up getting that job. Um, From what I can tell, like, Maybe Kellen Moore was part of the contingency that that was pushing the, you know, Dak can't go under center and, you know, run boot action and all that stuff. And I don't know. You got to give Mike some credit. I know I know um, Jerry had that whole thing where he's like, let's let's take it game by game and we'll see what <laughs> happens with McCarthy. I mean, like. That's nuts to me. I mean, Dak Prescott led the NFL in passing touchdowns. A season after everyone this past offseason couldn't wait to bag on him. Right. Right. Um, for interceptions in like his sixth year in the NFL. Like we have to forget about the the previous five seasons or whatever it was. Um, and they won the NFC East. They're the two seed. Like, what are we talking about? McCarthy needs to win his job. Like, 
I don't know. So as we kind of, because you mentioned you wanted the game for the narrative. So I imagine it would be satisfying, you know, for you, for the Packers to upset Mike McCarthy, you know, in a playoff game. Where does Mike rank? Oh, just for like you? going undefeated in like AT&T stadium <laughs> just for in perpetuity. That'd be great. Just having being the boogeyman. Yeah, um, that's true. Um, I don't know what the worst loss is that's happened in that building to the Packers. Um, like I know that the Des Cotta game was like the worst, but the the like actual worst overall loss, like independent of of the stakes, might have been the 2017 game. That was the um, the Devonte Adams, you know, Jordan Lewis. Like we don't have to talk about that. That was awful. Uh, but um, like if I asked you to power rank the things you're afraid of entering this game, like from a Packers perspective, I imagine Dak might be number one, maybe CD number two, maybe Micah's number three. Like where does McCarthy and his impact on the game as the play caller fall? Because again, I, I imagine you you want to get one. Not that I don't think you. I have never sensed bitterness from you towards McCarthy. Um, but so I don't think it's about that, but beating him would still be satisfying. Yeah, no, I just think it was time to move on. So like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's, I'm, I'm not like bitter about it. It was just like, yeah, like it was, it was time. Um, it's hard to separate some of those things because like, again, I think the NFL was getting so condensed the Packers defense is used to that. Mm-hmm. But every time they go against one of these teams that is a little bit more spread out, um, it really gives them issues. Like Tampa really exposed them, I thought. Um, and the way McCarthy lines up, you know, especially, you know, moving CD into the slot and stuff like that, and the way Dak can process at the line of scrimmage and, you know, handle blitzes and stuff like that. Um, it's hard to separate all those things out because at the end of the day, once Dak delivers – the ball to CD, right? And, you know, there's a one-on-one matchup with him against Devondre or uh, Koi Walker or whoever it is. I'm not thinking about, like, was that McCarthy? Was that Dak? Was that CD? I'm just like... Yeah, it all sucks. Dang it, yeah. Right? yeah, I'm like, <laughs> we knew that this was going to happen when we got off the bus. How did we not have a game plan for this? I will say, on the defensive side, um, Micah's easily number one. Um, we We did the very risky thing of recording this podcast before any of the injury reports had come out uh, for this week. So we don't know what is happening with Zach Tom. Zach Tom was in and out of the lineup uh, against the bears with a, with a uh, finger issue. So who knows what's going to happen there? Um, Definitely something to look out for. The, the one thing that I have a big question mark as far as, you know, injuries and, and kind of what I'm looking at in this game um, AJ Dillon has a busted thumb. The Packers did not carry the ball a single time with any running back other than Aaron Jones against the Bears. Um, I don't know how much the Packers can run with Aaron Jones against the Cowboys, but I have seen some Cowboys games as of lately. Um, and that run defense is not as good as you know people kind of write home about. Like, if you look statistically, there's not that big of a difference between the Cowboys run defense and the Packers run defense. If you're looking at it from an efficiency standpoint, you know, touchdowns given up stuff like that. So I kind of think like if the weakest part of this Cowboys team is like maybe kind of like breaking the will in the run game, but I don't know if the Packers can commit to it because they only have two backs. They really trust and that they've trusted all year. And one of them has a busted thumb and the other one is 190, 180 pounds. So 
So I agree with everything you're saying, and I'm scrolling through Summer Sports' playoff guide, which they were kind enough to make free for everybody, um, because I caught something in it when I was looking at it. Um, I'll find it in a second. But I almost, and I don't say this in like a way that I hope it like comes back to bite me, but like if I have to pick the the path that I hope the Cowboys, you know, kind of ultimately take here, like I would certainly prefer the Green Bay try to put this game in the hands of, of the ground game. I mean, like, I don't know that we like we as a football world are properly giving Jordan Love credit. I know you're saying like you're having fun with the idea. Like it's real. I was on. So you mentioned when we were doing this, we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, and early on Wednesday, I was trying to play with like finding like, what would you say is the inflection point for the Packers season? What, like, what would you say? Like for, for the Cowboys, it's the Niners loss. Like that really changed everything. Like what's the point where everything snapped for Green Bay in your mind? Um, offensively, definitely the, the Steelers game. Um, the Steelers game is when it stopped being just Jordan. Lo- I mean, you got to remember the first half of the season, the Packers were leading the NFL at deep attempts and they could not complete one. Right. And that was kind of the narrative of the entire season between that and, you know, wide receivers running wrong routes and stuff like that. I mean, you got to remember this entire offense is built out of guys who are like 21 years old. Um, so, yeah, the Steelers game, even though it was a loss, was kind of the the inflection point for the offensive side of the ball. So I chose to look at things from Thanksgiving on. It's like that's like an old like adage too, right? Like you know, Thanksgiving is you know sort of like the most important part of the year, whatever. Again, I didn't have like a, a sound reason for doing that, but when I did, I and you know that even includes the big game that Dallas had on on Thanksgiving as well, uh, but also includes the stinkers they had in, in Buffalo in Miami, which was obviously a big you know reason why their you know run support you know looks really poor when you look at recent success or whatever. Um, since that time, from Thanksgiving on. Jordan Love is second in the NFL in EPA per play. Second. Like, not like top five, not, you know, oh, like kind of cool. Second, above Dak. Like, again, I and I knew this on some level, but like seeing it that way spooked me in a way that I wasn't necessarily feeling before I saw that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think one of the interesting things about this game is it's not being billed as a kind of star quarterback matchup. And again, right. you know, maybe maybe it's only like Wednesday and you know, all that, and there's a whole lot of stuff going on with the coaching carousel and things like that. But, I mean, first in the NFL in passing touchdowns versus second in the NFL in passing touchdowns. That's what we're expected to see here. And I expect a shootout, to be, you know, totally frank. Um, maybe not necessarily. That's, that's my know, deepest fear. Like, that's that's truly my deepest fear. <laughs> I, I, I do expect a shootout. I, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be like traditional shootout in terms of like the frequency of the passing game, but I expect both teams to um, score a lot of points. Like the, the Packers might want to run the ball um, just because it's part of their nature. Like the, the bears game. I don't know if you saw or were keeping track of like how quickly that game was moving, but like I was watching on YouTube TV and when it went final, there was still 45 minutes left. Like in, oh, like in know, the, the in the like allotted time or whatever they they give yes. for, but yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. Um, I think the the first half was like an hour and ten minutes or something. That Bears game, like they're gonna want to keep the clock rolling. Um, Love had like five incompletions last game. Two of them would have been would be touchdowns. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, he's been he's been playing pretty good. So this is what I was looking for, and 
they're looking at things like their ranking that I'm referencing here is like relative to the whole season, which isn't, you know, I think, I think for things like this, like things like weighted DVOA are a little bit better, but um, Dallas only ranks 11th defensively against the rush. Like, it, you know, it feels much worse. And again, it, the Buffalo game was like this. It's hard to call it an outlier because they've had, you know, moments of being poor. Um, but, you know, we had our post game show going at blog on the boys right after the commanders win. And then immediately it was, oh, they're playing the Packers and everything kind of locked into place. And that was everyone's number one concern. It was like, oh, man, Green Bay is going to be able to have success on the ground. Again, like, if that's the game plan, like, I think that's a win for the Cowboys. Like, if you're going to take the ball out of Jordan Love's hands, I mean, like, I'm not, again, I'm not at all trying to be arrogant about this. But, like, the thing I fear the most is Jordan Love at this point, not Aaron Jones, all due respect. I love to hear that. Wow. Year one. Okay. I'm not trying to be arrogant. This. Are you are you saying you love to hear this just because of the fear? No, I, I, I love to hear the fear in Jordan. Love. Okay, okay, okay. I thought you were saying this like, oh, I love this. Like, doubt Aaron Jones. I thought that's where you were coming from. So, no, no, no. no like, I mean, we just had to hear Bears fans, Lions fans, Vikings fans all year being like, you don't actually like Jordan Love, right? <laughs> like, you don't actually think you're gonna, you did it again, right? And to shove all of their faces in it and remind them who is daddy is pretty nice. It's. I mean, if I had to, I've been like saying this a lot this week in different places, but like if I had to rank the the current like NFC playoff field, like rank the quarterbacks in it, Brock is difficult to rank. I think we all like can acknowledge he's in his own unique box, right? So understanding that, I think it goes Dak, Stafford, Love, right? Like, are are you taking current day Jalen Hurts over Jordan Love? No, you're not. I'm definitely not. I mean, are you, we're not taking Baker. We're not taking Jared Goff. As much as you know, yeah. that might upset Jeremy Reisman. Like Jordan loves that dude right now, man. Like, and I'm I mean, like, if they if I think the final infinity stone towards like they did it again is going and upsetting the Cowboys, right? Because like that's been like those have been like Aaron Rodgers's like hallmark moments is like, you know, the gut-wrenching loss he handed to the Cowboys and to do it against Mike McCarthy, even though Jordan Love has had nothing to do with McCarthy. I mean the the opportunity is significant. You talk about narrative, like the the narrative on the line for Jordan Love is really really massive in this game. Not that he has anything to lose, which is also what's terrifying. Like the Packers have absolutely nothing to lose here from a narrative standpoint. The Cowboys have everything to lose. Yeah, I think the only person who's like really worried going into this game is uh, Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, because I have no idea if they're going to keep him or not after the season. It seems like Matt Lafleur really doesn't want to can him. It seems like everyone else is pretty fed up about him, but like the players are sticking some at least um, players are sticking up for him, you know, very publicly. Um, so maybe he has a little something to lose, but everyone else is like, well, you know, whether I'm, you know, we win or lose this game, we're coming back next season. Right. Like everyone's a rookie uh, contract type of guy. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm just excited to watch this football game. Honestly, um, definitely worried about CD. I, I don't think, uh, for whatever it's worth, I don't think Brandon Cooks is going to get a lot of play in this game. The way the Packers kind of take advantage of um, offenses is really just like, hey, are you running a deep route from the outside? We're bagging that. Our entire defense is built around we're bagging deep routes from the outside. So I don't think Cooks is going to get a whole lot of looks. Um, but Lamb, at the tippy top of my fears this whole week. Jake, Jake Ferguson? Jake Ferguson could eat. Yeah, I like. I really like Jake Ferguson. Actually, he's one of my like. Um, he's a football like, psycho. Like, and you're you're prospect. a football sicko. So, like, if you're a football sicko, you absolutely love the way Jake Ferguson plays. Like, regardless of what team he's on. Yeah. Plus, you know, Wisconsin guy. Pe- people will lap that up. 
Yeah, but you won't, especially now as a Big Ten guy. You know, you're you're not a Badger. Get out of here with that. Big Big Ten's finest, dude. <laughs> I'm in Big Ten country right now, Portland. Um, okay, last two for you, um, and then I and then the the last one. Give me two things you guarantee happen in this game. They can be positive, they can be negative, they can be whatever you want. But like this will definitely, and it can be low hanging fruit. It doesn't have to be like a an extreme declaration. Wow. Um, it's a playoffs, Justice. I mean, we don't ask stupid questions around here. I mean, yeah. What is going to happen in this game? I think I think CD's going for a hundred. Okay, C note for CD. Yeah. Um. Another thing. Um. Um. Our our defensive line looks good against your offensive line. I guess I'll, does that count as a thing? Yeah, I mean, but that, that's how you want to like term it. Like, looks good. I mean, we can all define that as we want to, but like, I get like they're going to get pressures. I think TFL okay. they'll make plays in the backfield. The okay. defensive line will be making plays in the backfield. I don't think your offensive line is as good as it's uh, been in the past. And this Packers defensive front has been hot. Like every single interior guy made a play against the Bears. I don't know if Preston Smith is actually on PD, PEDs or not, but the last two games, he's looked the best that he's ever looked in Green Bay, which is nuts. Um, you know, obviously, Rashawn Gary's a good football player. Lucas Van Ness and Kingsley and Igbari have been making some plays off of the edge, off of the bench. Um, so I expect that to hopefully negate some of the, uh, you know, Dak McCarthy CD stuff that we've been talking about all episode. Okay. Um the other question is, I do this all the time, but who is a Packer that if the Cowboys lose, it we should have seen this coming? Like we should have seen this dude coming. Like he was hiding in plain sight, but he didn't get the attention that you know the you know he didn't get the Jordan Love treatment, the you know Jair Alexander treatment, the Rashawn Gary treatment. Like again, a not superstar level fame guy, but somebody who is obvious. If that makes sense. Um, did Tavian Wicks or Jaden Reed? You know, one of those two receivers. I think they've been the. <laughs> I don't think Jaden Reed qualifies anymore. Like he's okay. Up <laughs> okay, then Wicks. Um, yeah, I think those two have been the best receivers for the Packers. Um, you know, throughout the season. The funny thing is, like, I don't know, like maybe Bo Bo Milton is on the list at this point. Um, Bo Milton was a guy who was just recently brought up off of the practice squad. He's had 170 yards over the last two weeks. No okay. idea where that came from. He led the he led the Packers in snaps at wide receiver last game. Again, he was on the practice squad a week and a half ago. So <laughs> I don't know what's happening with this wide receiver unit, but it seems like they're trending away from Dobbs and Christian Watson, which is perfectly fine to me. Christian Watson had the big game against Dallas, obviously, last year, although with Aaron Rodgers and tell we don't have to talk about that. Something that I think gets lost, Dallas had a 14-point lead in that fourth quarter. And I like to say this a lot. I would never doubt Micah Parsons. But um, he said after that game, he said, if Dak ever gives me a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, I'll never lose it. And they literally did the same thing against Jacksonville like two weeks later. So um, you know, <laughs> maybe just don't say stuff like that. Um, last one, and it is a narrative question, which I think is appropriate given kind of the way you started this. Obviously, the Cowboys have to win in the division around, I think, to get, you know, their legitimate flowers from a lot of football people. That goes without saying. 
But a win for Mike McCarthy here does what for you? Again, you talked about not harboring any bitterness or anything like that. And so you can answer this from like a Packers fan perspective, but also like as somebody who evaluates the entire NFL, I do think it would be significant for him. But I'm obviously very biased about this. Uh, but, you know, handling the Packers, particularly if they do throttle them, they live up to the like home field advantage thing, you know, except like, whoa, what a big shock. A big time win would help his, his resume. But what does a win for McCarthy do here relative to the overall picture of this history? Honestly, like, uh, it kind of wipes away narratives, and it just makes it another football game. And I don't know if that is what people are looking for, but, like, when I think of – I mean, again, I knew that this was a bad matchup coming in, right? But the reason that I wanted to see this is because I know, you know, it's probably going to be good for the sport um, getting McCarthy against the Packers again. But, um, you know, you think about – Packers going into Dallas, Cowboys fans talk about, you know, Green Bay being the boogeyman in their own stadium, right? Um, We talk about the whole McCarthy thing and, you know, he had the homecoming um, last year and all that stuff. Like, I I think a win just kind of gets that monkey off his back, right? And just turns future Packers versus Cowboys games into, you know, just another opportunity, which I think if you're – you know, a Cowboys fan, that's probably what you want. I mean, obviously, you know, a win is what you want, but like, um, you know, you don't have to deal with all these other things around you. I mean, the things are fun for you, I imagine, but they're super terrible for us. Um, so, <laughs> Oh, uh, if we get it again, I mean, I'm going to have you on next week. We can power rank, you know, <laughs> worst power, power rank Packers, Packers wins. wins at AT Stadium. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like, was, I at- don't know. RJ, you really don't want to put this number one. I'm just rewinding over and over again. The Jared Cook catch, like I was, um, I was at the Matt Flynn game, so that was horrible as well. Um, so it's not just Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean? Like it's everyone's had their turn, uh, seemingly. Hopefully, it's not Jordan Loves, uh, obviously on Sunday. Um, okay, are you picking the Packers? Is that? I mean, you didn't, you couldn't come this far no. to not pick the Packers. I think. No, I'm picking the Cowboys, and I hope the Packers win. I mean, let's do it and let's go, buddy. If I can get, you know, Cowboys stripes, Niners stripes, Lions stripes, all in, all in the same <laughs> NFC playoffs, like let's do it. I'm ready. Be, but I mean, look, the Packers are far less hateable from me now with Aaron Rodgers out of tow. And by the way, it's really nice to see yeah, everyone. Why? Kind of... So, so <laughs> one of my buddies hit me up and was like, "This is your first likable Packers." He, he's not a Packers fan. Um, he's a fan of an AFC team, if that matters at all. He's like, this is the first likable Packers team since 2007. And I'm like, okay, I kind of get it because we were like, we started off at, you know, not the high point, right? Um, But does locking in a third quarterback for like a 45-year run at the position – make us more likable i i would think that this would only make us more obnoxious in their eyes um no i'm i'm an nfl historian and so like i want to like the packers in that respect you know like i um i have the certificate from my first game at lambeau field you know like i wouldn't put just anything up like that in my office but you know that that checks the box for me um now to be clear i didn't like aaron Rodgers before it was like super popular to not like aaron Rodgers. um you know, it's become kind of like mainstream over the last whatever, like uh, two and a well, half years. Well, help that he keeps talking. 
Right, right. Uh, but my point is, like, I was here first um, for purely football reasons. Um, and so, like, it, that became who we didn't like. Like, every time you've said the word boogeyman, like, I don't feel that way anymore. Like, the, the boogeyman doesn't exist to me. Like, if the, if the Cowboys lose, it will suck, and it will be annoying, and it will be the Packers, obviously. But, like, it was losing to Aaron Rodgers that was particularly frustrating. And losing to Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau with the calf injury. And losing off of third and 20 when Jeff Heath didn't force a fumble. Like, it was just like – and losing on that, in that same game when he threw the, like, dumbest pass that got through Sean Lee's flailing arms. Like, it just felt like that dude caught all the breaks against this team specifically, which obviously hurt me. And so I don't hold those same sort of vendettas against Jordan Love. That's why it won't bother me as much. But I can imagine for you – the most satisfying possible path to the Super Bowl would be wins at AT&T, wins in Santa Clara, or win in you know both, and then win at Fort Field in the NFC Championship game. That would be pretty. Thousand cool. percent, thousand <laughs> percent. See, after, see, after Chicago couldn't knock you out in Week 18. Oh yeah, yeah. they didn't come close. That that game last week, we talked about it all week. Like, I think it's seventeen nine, but like the Packers had that weird end of half thing. Um, where they ended up not scoring. They had the Jordan Love fumble. Uh, they had two amazing Jordan Love passes that didn't end up counting at, as scores. Um, that was a thorough ass whooping. And that game probably should have been closer to like 35 to 9 than 17 to 9. Um, since you predicted the Cowboys to win, I guess I have to ask you this my actual last one. What's their fate? Like if, if what you predicted, you know, comes to pass and Dallas wins. I guess it depends on do you think the Rams or Lions win that game? Yeah, I don't know. I think that game probably should be closer. I haven't looked at the the spread there specifically. I know the Packers I think Cowboys game is like seven and a half. Three and a half. Detroit's got three and a half at home. Yeah, or that makes sense to me. Um I guess like if I'm if I had to pick a side on that, I'd probably take the Rams plus three and a half there. So you got that you got them play. going to, to San Francisco and you got Dallas hosting the Monday night winner. In the division yeah. round. So well, who wins those two games? I that's that's Eagles, my if, that's my if Nirvana. It's not by the, the way. Eagles. I so, heads are um, gonna be rolling. By the way, I uh I think there's like a 95% chance of rain <laughs> for, for the Monday night game. Uh yeah. so good luck. Uh but um I feel confident in Dallas against either team, obviously. And I the reason I didn't want the Rams in the wild card round was because I want them to go to San Francisco. I think they stand the best chance to upset San Francisco. And I'm obviously terrified of San Francisco. Yeah. Not, not everyone can just beat the Niners in every playoff game ever justice. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm very, very, very nervous of, uh, you know, of this prospect. And so I um, I hope you're right. But what's Dallas's fate? They do it all? They get to the title game? Let's say uh, get to the NFC Championship game, lose to the Niners. The most brutal the most brutal answer. Yeah. There's a lot of Cowboys fans who are like, I'll just take, I'll take just getting to the title game. No, you won't. Like all the people who say that are the first ones to be like, this is unacceptable. Fire McCarthy. We have to move on. Blah, blah, blah. I said that in uh, 16 when the Packers should have had no opportunity to get to the Super Bowl with the defense that? that they had on the field. And they ended up losing to the Atlanta Falcons in the NFC they Championship didn't, They didn't game. lose. They got boat raced and they got smoked. When Julio Jones was going for like 200 <laughs> yards, I was on a plane going to Mobile, Alabama for the senior bowl and I wanted to jump off. Um, so, yeah, tell yourself that now. But in, in two weeks, you got to be <laughs> convincing yourselves that this is the year we're going to hang okay. another banner. The 90s are back. This is my actual last one. Who were you more afraid of? Julio that day or CD this week? Honestly, I had no expectations going into that 16 game. 
the uh, title game, I, the championship game. Yeah, I was just like, it's like I'm, I'm happy to be happy here. To be here. Yeah, I like you. I had to like consistently remind myself, like, <laughs> do not get your hopes up. Do not get you know who's starting at cornerback this week. Do not okay. get your hopes up. Um, so I guess I would say, CD. Um, hopefully Aaron Ripkowski doesn't fumble in this game. Okay. Then that seems like a good note to end on. Uh, Justice, I delayed our recording because I had to eat a sandwich. So as we leave, what is your favorite kind of sandwich? You can go any kind of meat or peanut butter and jelly, but your favorite kind of sandwich to eat? Honestly, some sort of breakfast sandwich on a croissant. That's probably my answer. I get a bacon, egg, and cheese on croissant. I've had some great breakfast sandwiches in Portland. So, you know. Yeah. Big Ten country. We know how to do it. (laughs) Go Huskies. Go Huskies. I want to give a big time shout out, big time thank you to Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Company for taking the time to join us. We spoke on Wednesday afternoon in case that isn't obvious just for full context. It was before even Wednesday's injury report came out. Um, everybody can follow Justice on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. Um, I feel both better and worse. <laughs> just nothing I can do to, to make myself feel 100% good about this game. That's, again, the magic and the peril of the playoffs. Um, I mentioned we have to touch on this briefly, and obviously our focus right now is the Packers, which is why I wanted to get to that conversation first. Um, Wednesday was kind of Dan Quinn day, um, if you weren't paying attention. Now, we had a bunch of stuff up on this or up about this on our site, blogontheboys.com. Um, I had been saying that it kind of felt like Dan Quinn was going to return to the Cowboys. I actually said that on our round table. Um, but Wednesday changed everything because prior to Wednesday, the only openings in the NFL were with the Carolina Panthers, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Atlanta Falcons, the Washington Commanders, and the Tennessee Titans. And in a world where Ben Johnson is the hottest ticket in town, Bobby Slowick is obviously picking up some steam, Mike Vrabel's available, Bill Belichick could be available soon, Mike McDonald is a name that's to watch, obviously. It just kind of felt like things weren't going to line up for Dan Quinn in my mind. But then on Wednesday, uh, it was uh, announced and reported that uh, Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks are going their separate ways. Now, uh, Pete Carroll reportedly uh, still may be involved with the Seahawks organization, um, which I think only increases the chances of Dan Quinn returning. For anyone who somehow did not know, Dan Quinn was the he's been a part of the Seahawks coaching staff in two different stretches, uh, but most recently was their defensive coordinator during the Legion of Boom days, the first one um, when they won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 40. Uh, 48 um, against the Denver Broncos and it was that performance that you know he parlayed into the head coaching job with the Atlanta Falcons and we've said for two years now because Dan Quinn has turned down jobs uh, in each of the last two cycles that it's kind of felt like Dan Quinn could be waiting out Pete Carroll that he might want to return obviously um, to Seattle and at the time that I'm recording this, which is 3.32 p.m. Central Standard Time on Wednesday, the Seahawks have not officially requested an interview with Dan Quinn, whereas the Panthers, Chargers, Commanders, and Titans all have. Um, but the Seahawks obviously have a, a long history with him. Um, it feels like that could finally be the the one that, that pries him away. And I don't want to turn this into McCarthy versus Quinn, but um, we had that conversation a bit on the roundtable, and I was tweeting about it. If Dan Quinn leaves, it will stink, and we will wish him well. Um, but it does seem like it's going to happen. That's really kind of the, the point that I wanted to make. I want to keep things positive here with, you know, dialing in for the Packers. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, obviously. Anyway, and obviously we don't have to see for a very long time because hopefully the Cowboys are playing uh, for another month or so. Um, as we kind of close, this is the last you'll hear from me here 
uh, prior to Sunday's game. Now, if you subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show feed, you'll hear me on our Friday show over there at TGI Football, where we'll be talking about this game as well as the other two NFC playoff matchups, uh, myself, Brandon Gotten, and Steven Zerta. Um, but, you know, obviously you'll hear from me on our post-game show, on our YouTube channel, Twitch channel, Facebook page. So if you want to join me there, I would certainly appreciate and enjoy that. But my closing kind of thoughts or statements or just last opportunity to speak to you before this game are, I love this part of, of, of my job and, and the experience and being a fan. And I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure we've all, you know, as, as this week's been going on, whatever you're doing, you're walking the dog, you're cooking dinner, you're folding clothes or, you know, you're laying in bed. Like it just hits you like this could be it, <laughs> like the season could end. And then you also let yourself drift to the positive end of that spectrum. Like well, this could be game one. The, the, this, this could happen. I mean, this is such a precious opportunity. And what gives me so much confidence, almost more confidence than anything else, is that the Cowboys have, have been burned in each of the last two. They know how hard it is to get here. They've put in all the work to get here. And if you heard me on our postgame show last week, I went on a little bit of a speech and a kind of diatribe about how this one was for Tony Romo and Des Bryant and Sean Lee and all these kind of players and people of the past. And I've kind of shifted from that mindset because what has impressed me the most about the 2023 Dallas Cowboys is that they don't do things for, and I, I say this in a positive way, they don't do things for um, for history. They, I mean, they they live in the shadow of, of the failures of the past, but they understand that that's not their fault, that, that they're not here to, to do anything, that they don't owe anything to anyone other than the 2023 Dallas Cowboys. And I really respect that about them. I think it's taken a very, very, very long time and a, and a very, very special group of players and staffers to recognize that because this is such a unique organization to play for given the drought that they're in the middle of. And so um, I don't care that it's the Green Bay Packers. I don't care that it is the boogeyman, as Justice mentioned. I don't care about the past relative to this history. I care that they are in the way. That's it. I don't care what uniform they're wearing, who's playing on their team, what their logo is, what the history is, how historical they are. I don't care. They are in the way. And that's what this is about. They are in the way of what you, we, this team are trying to accomplish. And what gives me the highest level of confidence in the Cowboys is that I believe that they think that way. I believe that they don't care. They've, they've finally let go of all that silly stuff, and they're just in this for themselves. And that makes a team extraordinarily dangerous. Those are my final thoughts. However you watch this game, enjoy it, even if it's a loss. I just enjoy it. These moments don't come around a lot. You know, Don't take for granted the Cowboys playing in a playoff game. Enjoy it with people you love or by yourself, or however you want to, but just enjoy it. Take in every moment. Enjoy it. Hopefully we're on the right end of things, and hopefully we can celebrate in the post-game show throughout the Blog on the Boys universe. I love you, loyal listener, and I hope you have a great rest of the weekend um, and a great Sunday, and I hope that we are getting ready for another game. And if we are, if there is a divisional round game next week at AT&T Stadium, I've said this already this week in a few different places, it stands to reason to say that this would be the biggest week in Dallas Cowboys franchise history in the 21st century. So we'll see how all that goes. For now, I bid you adieu. Eat something delicious. Have the best day of all time. Have the best week of all time, the best month of all time, the best year of all time, the best everything of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always and always and always and always. Go Cowboys and peace out.